is Michael Scott uh, here with the Trucked Up podcast, joined with Nelson Rodriguez and Brian Mooneyhan, and we have a special guest here. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself, uh, where you're from, name, all that? Sure. I'm John Santoro. I live in Morristown, New Jersey, about 30 miles west of New York City, and I am an adjunct professor with NYU. I'm a member of 7902 Region 9A. Can you tell me what a adjunct professor, what does that mean? Yeah, so uh, I was thinking this through. Think of tiers of various professors, right? So you have, at the top of the house, you have tenured professors. These are people that have done a lot of research, a lot of teaching, and they get voted on by their other professors, and they have lifetime benefits and jobs. Is that the tenure that we hear about? That's the tenure you hear about. That's like the, the golden fleece, right? Everyone's trying to get that. Okay. The next is people who are on a tenure track. So they're employed by the university. It looks like they might make it to tenure, but they're not guaranteed it, okay? But they're kind of in the track to get that. Below that, you have people who take a one or two year assignment with a university as a professor. They have benefits, they have a job, but they have no guarantee after their contract is up. And then finally, you have adjunct professors. And these are typically people who have another full-time job and take on teaching because they love to teach or they want the experience of teaching. And they're paid by the course and typically without any benefits. So uh, adjunct professors at NYU have been organized for a number of years. I think it's actually more than 15. And we're actually negotiating a contract right now. Our contract ends on September 1st, I believe. Of this year? Yes. What are some of the contentions on your contract that uh, might be big stakes in there? Well, the big one is money, right? So one of the changes that you've seen in adjunct professors has been, it used to be something that like somebody did, I don't want to say as a side gig or even as a hobby, but it wasn't their main line of business. You know, for example, I worked for a pharmaceutical company as my full-time job, and I took on adjunct, being an adjunct professor because I wanted to teach. And, um, you know, most adjuncts are not unionized. So for us, the big questions are money, for one thing, because now you have people who are trying to cobble together a number of these courses to make a living. You know, they want to get into this tenure track, right? But there, there's more uh, people than there are jobs. And there's, you know, once you have colleges are, of course, and universities are trying to cut down on expenses, right? So they don't want too many tenured professors anymore. So these people are trying to kind of hang in there until they get a, a job that's either a, a contract full professor or a uh, into the tenure track. Right? Colleges are making so much money right now. Yeah. I mean, the increases are so much to hear they're even cutting anything. I uh, mean, you would think they would hire you guys in droves. I mean, well, for as much as they're, they're making. That's a good point. Part of the issue is that they've been hiring people like us in droves, right, and, and driving down the cost of education. That's how they're able to make that kind of money. And, and they're still raising tuition, you know, uh, a number of them in, in obscene amounts. So for us, to get back to your original question, the contract, the big issue is money, right, for each course. So you think about uh, if I'm teaching a course, I get paid about $7,800. And then... Um, you for know, one course. For one course, okay. right. And the whole thing or like one month? No, for the whole course. The so whole course. a 14-week course, I get about $7,500. Okay. And then the uh, next thing that happens is, you know, we, we want to make certain that there are some guarantees. 
you know, if your course gets canceled, for example, at the last minute, you know, you get some compensation for that. Or if, um, you know, you don't make the number of people that are supposed to be signing up for the course, or they, you know, uh, they take, they divide your course in two, sometimes they want you to teach two sections, um, that you are compensated for that. And then we, we were asking for, you know, more in the way of benefits. We do have a, a rudimentary health benefit plan. We do have a rudimentary 401k. So the big issues are the usual for just about every working person. More money, greater benefits, somewhat more security. You know, we have some things like the right of reappointment, which non-unionized groups do not have, which is great. In the automotive industry, our tiers, we know everybody has different health care, different pay scales. Right. So it's the same thing. We're dealing with the same thing. And it's, it's good that our listeners are actually seeing that you're here they're realizing is our UAW isn't just the automotive industry. It's, it's teachers, adjunct teachers. It's it's everyone, and we're all kind of dealing with the same things, you know. That is interesting when you put it like that. Yeah. Same yeah. issues. Yeah, it's it's universal, and you're seeing you know companies or management and organizations trying harder and harder to cut costs, mm-hmm. right, and increase you know whether they're profits or their working capital or whatever because you know nyu is a private university but technically it's supposed to be for not-for-profit you know now you work for the pharmaceutical school. company though you must have been making pretty decent money i made very good money right. in, in pharmaceuticals yeah i, I worked didn't. very hard for it and uh, <laughs> but uh you know so i'm i'm actually in good shape i'm here for the people who are trying to get to be a voice better. for your yeah, yeah. And plus you're doing something you love right now I, too i doing something i love and i Interestingly enough, I just withdrew my name from teaching people face-to-face. I still am a uh, mentor to the master's thesis people. And the reason I did that is because I see so many people who are trying to cobble together a living. And I figured, hey, you know, I've made, I've done my thing. I've made, you know, made out okay. Step out of the way so they can. Yeah, so somebody who really needs that position can get it. But the the main thing is we have to get these positions paid better. Mm We have to let these people have some sort of job security because these are the people who are trying to shape the future generations, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, you guys you guys mold the future. You guys, you know, America's great due to how you guys teach and right. what you give our children. You know, you guys, you're so devalued. It's it's pretty amazing it's how insane, devalued you yeah. are. Yeah. And in, in my course, I teach a course on communications, ethics, law, and regulation, and I teach a lot about internal communications, employee communications. And I try to show people what things were like. And I actually used the Ford Rouge plant as an example, mm-hmm. you know. I show them pictures of Walter Ruther, you know, bleeding from the head, uh, and, you know, his colleague Frankenstein, um, who, you know, got beat up by Ford goons, you know, for trying to organize. Right. And I, I talked to them about at the Rouge River plant when it was going, you know, 100,000 people. You know, there was a line of this during the depression. There was a line of people just waiting for somebody to get injured so that they could get a job. Oh, yes. and, you know that this is you know this is what organized labor has done over the years. You know, it's my my uh, I have a brother who says, "Yeah, we're the we're the people who brought you the weekend." Uh, Do you feel like your voice is heard? I mean, being on the teaching side of it and being involved with the UAW, um, we don't talk to a lot of teachers. Right. You know, uh, do you feel like? The UAW listens? Do you feel like they're listening to the things that you guys are wanting? Well, when I ran for this delegate job, I actually ran on the position that we need more from the international UAW. We need, we have a wonderful local um, and we have a pretty good region. 
but we need kind of more support from the UAW International in terms of strategy, in terms of figuring out, you know, the, the economic workings of these universities and, and really a larger voice so that uh, we realize we're, you know, non-traditional members. Um, we were organized, and we, you know, we, we had our choice of unions when they were organized. We chose the UAW because of its strength. And I would like to see more, you know, uh, more, a greater voice, more acknowledgement, a more, a greater understanding. And I hope this podcast does that of what adjunct professors and graduate students, you know, there's a big number of graduate students who are even in a worse position than the adjunct professors trying to put it all together. And I hope that, uh, you know, over time that this will take place. I am a member, UAWD, Unite All Workers for Democracy. Mm -hmm. I think their platform is pretty strong. I'd love to see it enacted. Uh, and, you know, this is probably my one shot at making a difference because I don't think I'll, you know, be a delegate next time around. Now, but in any so case, everybody knows, though, you're not elected to any, any position at your local, right? No. And you're a member of Region 9A. Yes. And you actually were elected to be a delegate. Yes. So you're here as an advocate. For adjunct for professors. Adjunct professors and, uh, Correct. And not being actual elected representative is probably a great success for you to actually be elected as a delegate then, huh? Yeah, I think I struck a nerve when I uh, campaigned uh, for this delegate job in saying that you know, our, again, our local is wonderful, our region is, is relatively supportive, but we need more help from the UAW at an international level. And I got, you know, I got elected on that platform. Well, even networking with just local unions, kind of like what we're doing now, yep. trying to get your word out and the things that you want to spread to everyone and let everyone know what's going on with you guys. I think if we could all work as, at a local level and we can kind of help each other out, it's going to benefit all of us. Yeah, I mean, yesterday we had an uh, informal gathering with Region uh, 6, which is composed of a lot of academics, right? And, and it's great just to learn about what they're going through. And, and I guess they're the largest single um, unionized group of academics uh, in the UAW. I believe they have 25,000. Yeah. Uh, it's, and it's great. Uh, you know, see what they're going through, what their struggles are going are through. Um, you know, we are getting uh, our our regional 9A. I think is becoming more responsive. They're providing us more help. But I would love to see uh, in the union as a whole, kind of more of an acknowledgement that, yeah, we don't work on an assembly line, we don't build cars, but we have you know the same issues as I discussed earlier. We discussed and the more. Earlier. You advocate though because. You know, we do have to progress with change, and yeah. you guys are growing in our in our union, and you will get more. Your issues will be addressed better and better the more you advocate, and that's great. You being here helps it because even for us though, it's tough. You know, a lot of stuff that we think or you know our younger generation. I mean, we're, it's a constant struggle. I'm a 99 seniority, and I feel like I've been struggling every yeah. single year. Yeah. But without you, people like you being here. You know, where would we be? You know, we'd just still be struggling and just keep on with nothing, really. Yeah, we're, we're, we're working on that. We're, you know, we're meeting with people. We're trying to find common ground wherever we can. And, you know, we're, I think we're striking, um, you know, some success. I, I would love for the UAW to adapt academics as one of the A's, you know, in the group, since they seem to have everybody else in that series. I was 
happy that they put us into the preamble of the Constitution and you know did things like that. But that's really striking, uh, just to start. I, I think we need more of a, a voice at the top level, and uh, you know we are working very hard to get that. And with Truck Talk Podcast, we're growing and growing and growing, and we're trying to reach out every aspect of our UAW so everyone could see who we really are because our diversity is our strength yes. you know our solidarity is our strength and if people don't realize the diversity that we have the strengths that we have I mean will we ever grow we just gonna be stuck stuck the same way our whole thing over here at Truck Talk Podcast is just to inform the membership let them know about our whole union yes not just the auto workers you know sometimes we are we're in those plants and we're killing ourselves at times you know and we just distract ourselves from the whole world and we just focus, put our headsets on, we just keep on working and working and working. And we don't realize we're, we're part of a bigger picture. And if we don't take those headsets off and listen, and you know, except when, when you're watching or listening to Trucked Up Podcast, keep it back on. <laughs> take a break from music. Take a break from music. <laughs> music puts the Trucked Up Podcast on. But we really got to learn each other and who we are. We got to know who we really are, you know? Well, even in this uh, few days that we've been together, I mean, I've, I've met some marvelous people in my local young people, you know, who are graduate students or adjunct professors who are willing to stand up and, and speak their, their piece uh, and show kind of everybody, no matter what age you are, whatever you do in the union, you know, we are with you. We are trying to get the same things everybody else is trying to get. And we support, you know, we support everybody in the union. And we're just asking in return that people do more to acknowledge us and, and do more to understand that, you know, we're all in this together, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, electric vehicles, all that is great, but it, and it's wonderful that we might be able to get better jobs, you know, but somebody's got to teach these people how to design and engineer these vehicles, mm-hmm. and it, a lot of times it's adjunct professors, whether it's at an engineering school or at NYU or wherever people teach, you know, so, uh, and it's also very international. Um, Many of my students are foreign nationals. They do not have any experience in the United States with organized labor and, or even with labor rights. And, you know, we're the beacons. We're trying to tell them why we don't need, you know, why we need labor rights and why we don't want to go back to that Rouge plant where people were waiting somebody to get injured so that they could get a job. Well, we thank you for joining the UAW and, and being a part of this and uh, being on our show, uh, letting us know everything. Because I had no clue about a lot of this stuff until I came here and had you on. You know, I didn't even know what an adjunct professor was. <laughs> well, it's, this is a learning experience for everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm honored to be on Trucked Up, and I, I thank you all for what you do. I did want to ask before you go. Um, yeah. You had brought up that the younger adjunct professors that are trying to make a career out of that, um, how many classes could they do you think one could do without killing yourself, basically? Yeah, that's a really good question, but here's, the, here's my answer. A typical professor, like a tenured professor or even somebody in the tenure track, yeah. teaches three to four, okay. right? So if you multiply three times 7,500 or 7,800, you see what the income is. I think right. at the most, you know, you have people who are doing six or seven who are racing, who are racing from, and it was brought up today on the floor, you know, racing from one place to another um, and, and trying to get the teaching done. And what people don't understand, 
uh, is the teaching part of is really the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot of preparation for each course. Even though I taught the same course over and over again, I spent a full day preparing for the next day. You know, so there's a lot of unpaid time as well, and that's one of the things that we're trying to negotiate as well. You know, what about this preparation time? How can that be compensated? It should be compensated. We're all a part of the education committee. I'm the chair of our education committee, and the red. We, I prep like the night before, hours before, and then we gotta get the computer stuff going, we gotta get the PowerPoints going, we gotta prepare for our classes, and we have such diverse classes too. It's a lot of work. I mean, oh, and I'm not a professor or anything. I'm just teaching what our international is giving us. It's a lot of work, and I can imagine what you're going through. Yeah, you, you have to prep in detail for every time you stand in front of these classes. Yeah, and you we do it all for free. Yeah, and we, I mean, my class was two and a half hours. You know, two hours and almost three hours. And I gave them a 10-minute break in the, in the middle, otherwise they would faint. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, preparation is key. Uh, yeah. And also, you know, evaluation. You know, you're looking at exams, looking at essays, and giving people constructive feedback. That takes time and effort, and that should be compensated for, because that's all part of the education process. Yeah, we Absolutely. do scholarships, and uh, this year, we decided to give it to teachers so they could grade them instead of us. It was difficult. I mean, right. oh my God. I mean, we're not scholars or anything, and to grade these papers are horrible. So we gave it to teachers, and they, they just knocked it out like that. Yeah. And just, here are your winners. And we were like, thank you so much. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they handle it like the bank teller handles oh currency. My God. Right? Right. Oh, yeah, they're champs. Right. They're champs. And the essays, I read them again, too, and the essays were amazing. Yeah, they were, they were, it was great. Yeah, no, you, you, you can really help a person to develop, especially written skills and oral skills in these classes. And that's part of, you know, besides the book learning, you know, going to a college or a university is teaching you how to really be a person who can deal with a lot of different situations, right? And that's what we, adjunct professors, we're, we're at the front lines of that. You know, we're seeing people, we're seeing students who, are sometimes really troubled, you know, and we have to try to help them and get them into places where they can get help. Uh, we see people who come from overseas and can't make adjustments, and we have to try to make help them make adjustments. We're, you know, we're dealing with all the issues of education on the front lines of higher education, and the universities give us a lot of lip service. They always love us and this and that, but all they right. don't, they don't pay. And you guys all know what that's about. Same yeah. thing. Yeah, we yeah. get it too. Yeah. Exactly. Family for GM family first, right? Yeah. <laughs> Except we need your weekends and exactly as much yeah. overtime as you'll give us, yeah. right? Well, hopefully we can uh, help you spread the word and um, you know let everybody know listen to listen to this podcast and promote us and we'll be trying to help promote you guys. Thank you. It's a deal, as they say. Right, thank you very All much. Right, thanks so thanks much. a lot, guys. Thank you. All right.